Good morning, everyone. This morning we are in Psalm 24, and it begins this way. The earth is the Lord's, and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And we have a testimony here of God's creation and ruler over everything. Uh, In the beginning, if you go back to Genesis 1, you'll see that God formed the land. It appears where the seas already were there, where the waters were there. That's why it says he has founded it upon the seas. And in Genesis 1, and for those of you who don't know, we've been going through a three-year journey of the whole Bible. We began in Genesis 1, and then we went to uh, the book of Matthew, and then back to Exodus, and now we're in Luke. And we sprinkle in Psalms and Proverbs along the way. You can find more about that three-year journey at reveringtheword.com, reveringtheword.com. And there's a Bible reading plan, a Bible reading challenge that you can print off, which would give you the three-year plan, and you can start at any time. You could begin at any time. You could start in Genesis 1 and then just search in your podcast app or right at reveringtheword.com. Just search Genesis 1 and you could start in the beginning. Uh, we're about 144 days into our three-year journey. There will be over 1,000. And I'm grateful that you're going through the journey with us. But here in Psalm 24, it appears that this is this is Old Testament. Not It doesn't appear. This is Old Testament. And it appears that this is about when the tabernacle is now going to be moved to the temple in Jerusalem. The temple may be going to be built or about to be built, and they're wanting to bring the Ark of the Covenant, which was in the tabernacle, into the what's going to be the temple in Jerusalem. And this may be a song celebrating that move of, you know, God's presence going from the tent structure to uh, Jerusalem, and then ultimately to the to the temple, but it begins here with creation and that all the earth is the Lord's and he founded it. And, you know, we are his. And, you know, if if you want to learn more about creation, that God created the heavens and the earth, which I believe is, you can hear about that in Genesis one. And there's some evidence that I lay out. And I believe there's very strong evidence for God as creator, not only because the Bible says it, but also because there's just evidence scientifically that uh, the way that the earth appeared. So please, please go ahead and listen to that podcast on Genesis 1. One of the things that really also helps me to have faith in God as creator is in the New Testament, when Jesus was on the scene, some Pharisees questioned him about divorce in Matthew chapter 19. And when he responded, Jesus, to their question, this is what he said. Uh, Matthew 19, verse 4. He said, And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, There's a lot of powerful things said in that passage. First of all, when Jesus is being asked a question, 
he turns back to a biblical source, in this case, the Old Testament, and in this case, the book of Genesis. And he answered them by saying, have you not read? Hey, haven't you, you're asking me this question, haven't you not read where the foundation of the world came from, where the foundation of mankind came from? And he says, he who created them from the beginning made them male and female. And he's giving, he's, Jesus is saying, I believe that the Bible's rendition of creation and the creation of male and female that's recorded in the first book you know, of the Bible, Genesis, have you not read? Because that's the foundation. I believe that, Jesus is saying. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I mean, we also can see very clearly there that God created people to be either male or female, and that a marriage is between a male and a female. There's so much to be said just in that one verse that Jesus is quoting, and he's saying the validity of creation as it lays out in Genesis is something that he is honoring and believes. And this is the one, by the way, this Jesus, who made the blind see, who made the deaf hear, who made the lame walk, who raised a dead man, Lazarus, from the grave, who said that he would die and that three days later he would rise again, and then he did, and then he came back and showed the holes in his hands and the holes in his feet. So my point is, is if a miracle worker like that, like Jesus, believed that God created the heavens and the earth and believed that God created them male and female and that marriage is between a male and a female, then I am going to believe him. If you can make the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, raise people from the dead, predict your own death and come back and show yourself alive again, well, then maybe we'll listen to what you have to say too. But until then, I'm going to trust in Jesus and how he believes in the word of God. And, and, and Jesus did. He believes in the Bible. He believes in Genesis. And, and we can too. And that's just one of many evidences for creation. The rest you can hear about if you go back and listen to Genesis 1. But we are the Lord's. And, and the world is the Lord's. And, and one day he's going to come back and get those who are his. And he's going to establish his kingdom here upon the earth for a thousand years. He's coming back, you all. This is his world, and he's going to come back and rule it. Right now, he rules it spiritually, and the devil is still having his way in this world we live in today. Uh, he rules the hearts, Jesus, that is, of those who have placed their trust in him and are born again. And we're seeking to make his kingdom come on earth spiritually, but one day he's going to bring his kingdom physically when he returns again. You know, part of what we're doing as we're going through this Old Testament book is we're seeing what it meant, as I said, likely bringing in the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem then. But we look at everything now with a New Testament lens because we live in the day of Jesus. We live in the day of the New Covenant. So even now when we go back and look at the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, which we're reading now, we want to understand what it meant to them then, but also what it means to us today now that we live in this new covenant of Jesus. And, you know, some of those words to you are maybe you're, you're still figuring those out. Man, go back and, and take this three-year journey with us. It takes a whole Bible to make a whole Christian. And when you learn the whole thing, you'll understand God so much better and it'll really be a blessing to your life. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? Who has he who has clean hands and a pure heart, 
who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, who has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord. And it may be that they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, to the temple, and the people that are going to participate in that, they're wanting to have righteous people, like not people who are living apart from God or living, you know, uh, sinful lives, but people who are who are seeking to honor God. Those are going to be the people that are going to going to bring the ark up into the holy place. Now, that's still true today, but now there's something different. See, we've been made right through the blood of Jesus if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. See, there's only we're, we're all sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. And that sin creates a barrier in our relationship with God. And God sent his son to be the lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice, following his Old Testament laws. He had his son crucified on the cross and shed his blood and then have victory over the cross by rising from the dead. And now those who believe in him stand before God rightly because we've been forgiven. We're able to be in the presence of God. In fact, God is even able to live inside of us because we've been forgiven. Now, as a result of the fact that we've been forgiven, we still seek to live a righteous life. We seek to be holy as he is holy. So just like they're saying, hey, if someone's bringing up the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, we want to pick people with clean hands and a pure heart. There's still responsibility on us to seek to live with clean hands and a pure heart and not lift up our soul to falsehood and not to swear deceitfully. And and I believe there's a blessing from the Lord in doing what's right and honoring him even in this day. Uh, God's ways work. However, we now are ultimately made right by our faith in Jesus and what he did to forgive us on that cross. And that's something that's different today than it was then. Back then, they when they would sin, they'd have to bring a sacrifice, and their sin could be atoned for, but it wouldn't be permanent. It'd be temporary. And now, once and for all, we can be made right through Jesus Christ, through faith in him, because he was our sacrificial lamb. But man, I'm grateful to God, and I seek to live a holy life. Uh, is Pastor Jay perfect? No, but I do seek to honor him, and we all should seek to have clean hands and a pure heart and live rightly before him. Hallelujah. And righteousness from God, from the God of his salvation. It, it, it's, I'm going to back up to verse 5. It says, And he shall receive a blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him. May we be like that generation of people who, who seek him. It's a glorious thing to seek God. The Bible says you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Who seek your face, even Jacob. It's a beautiful thing to be seeking God, to come to know him. And you know what? When you go through this journey of faith, and you read the Bible, the whole thing, God knows, and you are seeking to know him, and God is pleased with that effort of you seeking him. Now, it, it appears they're like uh, kind of saying something magnificent about Jerusalem and even the temple and it said, it's like, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, the king, that the king of glory may come in. You know, in the tent tabernacle in the Old Testament out in the desert, you know, God's presence was revealed in the most holy place. And they made 
the temple after the pattern of the tabernacle, and there was a holy place and a most holy place in that temple. And when they're preparing to have it completed and bring the Ark of the Covenant in, if indeed this is what this passage is about, they're like, oh, may the King of Glory come and reside now in this temple we've built. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of Glory may come in. And it was an unbelievable blessing for them that God dwelt with Israel, that God came to dwell in their tabernacle and then later in their temple, that they were part of the family of God and they had God dwelling in their camp. What is incredible today is that now if you are a believer in Jesus, God has come to dwell inside of you. Oh, lift up your heads, O gates, and lift up your head, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. May we never forget, Christian church, that because we've been forgiven and made right by the blood of Jesus, that that prepared a way for God to come and dwell inside of us. And may we live out our days every day realizing that the King of glory, the Holy Spirit counsel is in us. And he wants to guide our lives. And he's there every moment, every time we'll just but turn to him that the King of glory may come in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus that we somehow through your great sacrifice have been found worthy for you to live inside of us. Oh, may we remember that, God. May we live tapped into that power, that righteousness, that counsel. Thank you, God, for the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of believers today. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Who is the King of glory today? Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the risen one, who now has made us born again through faith in him. And he has come through his Holy Spirit to reside in us. Who is the King of glory? Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are grateful to you. Hey, you know, if you are benefiting from these teachings, would you go to your podcast app or whatever app you use and rate this show? Did you know that that will help more people to find out about this teaching and Lord willing help more people fall in love with Jesus and follow him? So that would help us a great deal if you would go ahead and give five stars or however they have a rating system on the app that you use to to rate this show and please tell someone about it. Listen, there's no charge to this show. This is all done for free but we would like for more people to find out about it because that's what we've been here to do, to make disciples of all nations. And it's a beautiful thing to see people listening from many nations all over the world and made more and more people come to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus. God bless you all.